Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. We hope you enjoy this sermon from a recent Sunday worship service. First, they came for the socialists. And I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the union, trade unionists. And I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. And I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. It's by a German Lutheran pastor, Martin Niemöller. Multiple versions of this quote found printed in the US Holocaust Memorial Museum. Several versions exist because Niemöller often presented his lectures impromptu and changed the list of vulnerable populations from lecture to lecture. At different times and in different combinations, Niemöller listed communists, socialists, Jews, Jehovah's Witnesses, and people with mental and physical disabilities. Vulnerable populations can often be an elephant in the room that we have fears and anxieties about. We're afraid to speak up and maybe even afraid to look. Those experiencing homelessness, those with physical or mental disabilities, those with different colored skin, or those that look or act different than we do. I cannot create an exhaustive list of vulnerable populations and neither could Niemöller. We don't want to offend, so we avoid eye contact or we, or speaking. We don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, so we simply do nothing at all. We begin with pity. I feel sorry for you, and possibly look away, driven away by our own discomfort. We distance ourselves from it in fear of our own vulnerability. I was talking with a friend this week about this sermon because I was struggling earlier in the week to really make things come together. And he said, perhaps if we all admit that we are afraid, it will be easier not to hide it. We need not be ashamed by our fears. They might be the most unified truth in all of us. I asked him to come preach, but he declined. (laughs) Perhaps if we can admit we're all afraid, afraid of something, it'll be easier not to hide. Fear is uncomfortable. The ultimate discomfort, right? Because it's not pain yet. It's a fear of pain. Oh no, what will happen if I open my heart to this? I might get hurt. It might hurt really bad, and I might not recover. But when discomfort is present, I invite you to be mindful of it, to practice mindfulness like the Rumi poem suggests, welcome it as a guide from beyond. Discomfort is part of our human experience and a large part of vulnerability. It's when we become afraid of it and try to suppress it that it causes trouble. 
If you imagine witnessing vulnerability in stages, you might begin with pity. I feel sorry for you. We might turn away, turn off the TV, get uncomfortable and try not to stay there too long. Now, go get me wrong. I've been there. I am there a lot. It's a real place to begin, pity. But the next stage is sympathy. I feel for you. And we've got sympathy cards in the stores for lots and lots of losses. You put it in an envelope with a stamp on it and send it on its way. You can express sympathy from a safe distance. And that makes our discomfort a little better. Again, don't get me wrong. Sympathy cards are really nice. And it's a really good intention. I just want to see if we can explore beyond that, push a little bit further. Because the next stage up from that is empathy. I feel with you. We're going to take a look at a clip in a moment that helps make this distinction between sympathy and empathy. It's about being with the other, closing that gap of distance just a little bit more, looking somebody in the eye. I am with you. That's empathy. The next stage is compassion. I am here to help. We got eye contact, maybe. We've got commitment to being with this person in this situation, and now we're ready to act. I am here to help. How can I be helpful? How can I be part of the solution, be with you in the solution without trying to fix or save you? As you ascend through these stages, your understanding of the other's experience increases, as well as your willingness to support. So let's explore the difference between these elements a little closer with a short animated clip featuring the voice of social researcher Brene Brown. So what is empathy and why is it very different than sympathy? Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions, where empathy is relevant, and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective-taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. <laughs> Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark, I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, and climb down. I know what it's like down here. And you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, <laughs> it's bad, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, you want a sandwich? Um, Empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable choice, because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, yeah. And we do it all the time. 
Because you know what? Someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful, and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. At least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. (laughs) John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. So often, our responses to vulnerability indicate our own insecurities and fears. Right? We change the subject, offer a sandwich, try to silver lining things. But when we choose empathy, we're able to be with people in their experience. Some describe empathy as vulnerability plus mindfulness. Mindfulness is about being present to the current moment as it is, like the bear was with the fox in the animation, saying very little, climbing down, entering the shadows with the fox. We got to hold our siblings up, and we got to believe that they are not heavy. We have to believe that if we don't hold our siblings up, we will fall down. Aiden, in the Time for All Ages this morning, was an empathetic child considering how his younger sibling might feel as they come into their identity, remembering the place of sadness and hoping for a better experience for them. How can we enter into that space with Aiden and hold in our hearts compassion and hope enough to care and do something about it, even if it means being vulnerable too? Dr. Cornell West, American philosopher, writes that empathy is not simply a matter of trying to imagine what others are going through, but having the will to muster enough courage to do something about it. In a way, empathy is predicated on hope. There was a teacher, a rabbi, talking to his followers one day. And he said to them, I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And his followers said, when was this? I didn't do any of those things to you. And the rabbi responded, honestly, just as you did it to the least of these, You have done it to me. And in that moment, the rabbi's followers began to understand that their liberation was bound up with everyone else's. If they didn't lift their brother up, they would fall. The compassion or lack of compassion that we hold in our hearts impacts everything around us. Every person we meet holds the entire universe within them. We are bound up 
inextricably bound. And it's the willingness to hold in your heart the capacity to hope, the capacity for compassion, the capacity for action, the capacity for vulnerability that leads our path to beloved community. When we realize our fate, our liberation, our lives are all part of an interconnected web. May we all get free and vulnerable together. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. To listen to more sermon podcasts, go to uucf.org slash worship hyphen services and scroll down to sermon podcasts.